What is up, Fantasyland? Welcome back to the GOAT District live via the Player Profiler Network. Week four is in the books. How are your fantasy teams doing? Are you competing this year still? Or are you already thinking about next season? Well, if you're still looking to take down ships this year, you came to the right place. Dan and I are going to dive deep into some of these offensive situations, specific players. We're going to discuss who is the tight end one right now. Is it Mark Andrews? Is it still Kelsey? Who is the best rookie from this year's draft class? And are the Jets turning a corner with a surprising performance by pretty boy Zach Wilson? All this and a ton more. Go grab yourself a cold one. Sit back and let's get District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. Trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? Dan, I'm going to have to switch it around, brother. I'm going to have to switch it around. Hold on. Give us one sec. One sec. Quick change. There it is. There it is. Nice. Dan, Dan, fresh off of the Twins games. Congratulations beating the Jays. I know this is football show, but, you know, we all become baseball fans, I guess, this time of year if, if our team is uh, makes it to the playoffs. So you look like you got some sun. I'm sure oh, you had yeah. a couple beers, Dan. I know yes. you're raring to go. You're liking the show sheet for tonight. How was it, buddy? Let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, we got a, we got yes, a big nice. one tonight, boys. We've got uh, Andrew. Great game. Great show coming up. Let's do it. Yeah, let's get into it. Week five in the GOAT District live via the Player Profiler Network like we do it every Tuesday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, Dan and I are going to take a bit of a macro look, look at some, you know, some situation in this young NFL season, look at the fantasy landscape year to date. And then we'll dive into some specifics. There's a lot, a lot to get to. We're going to help you crush your week five. Make sure you smash the like button. Make sure you subscribe, of course, to the Player Profiler Network. How are you not? And then, of course, the Goat District channel as well on YouTube. Go smash that subscribe. And on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you subscribe to the latest feed and that you're getting the latest shows, especially if you're on the, what is it, Dan? Uh, Apple podcast platform. Yep. All right, let's get right to it, Dan. We're going to dive right into it. Obviously, you've got the Bengals. Uh, one example of disappointment so far this year. I know I've got teams that are just st like stacks of, of Bengals, uh, you know, whether it's Burrow with Chase, Burrow with T, Burrow with both, and not looking good so far. What are we doing with Cincinnati, Dan, after four weeks? Joe Burrow just doesn't seem right. Are we going to see just a bit of the same going into this week, or do you think – 
things could turn around for this offense and we might be seeing some value out there in fantasy land right now. I mean, we've, we've seen it with players time and time again. Things can turn around in any week. Absolutely can happen. But also we've seen time and time again players who are just like it's a lost season. And I don't know which way the Bengals are going here. Uh, Bip and I have a, uh, a, a Bengal stack in a, a main event in FFPC, and it's looking ugly right now. If you've got a Bengal stack right now, you definitely need to be very, very worried. Um, you know, I don't know if, if you're in a non-trading league, there's probably no good way to come off it. Uh, you just got to hope for the best. Um, if you're in a league that can make some trades, you know, maybe you try to move Burrow. I don't, I don't think I would try to move uh, Chase. I would maybe try to move T. But uh, Chase, I would definitely hang on to the other two. I, I don't know. It's, it's tough right now. It really is. Our buddy Derek Brown, friend of the show, says the issues with Cincinnati, Joe Bengal, Joe Bengals, Joe Burrow's calf injury <laughs> limiting this offense to quick hitting passes only. Jamar Chase, of course, I lose the... Uh, I lose the tweet as I'm reading it. Jamar Chase is the team's only yak threat. That's not T's game. Boyd has been a declining player. Mixon has also been an inefficient player. You know, giving a bit of a, a resume. Go check out Derek Brown at dbro underscore FFB. But then just, you know, some of the issues we're seeing with this offense, you hope they turn it around uh, this week going into week five. Yeah, here's one of the biggest issues I see, which is the offensive line. Uh, they have just not looked good. They're more, a little bit more of a run-blocking line right now than they are a pass-blocking line, and that's not doing Burrow any favors. It's not doing the offensive any favors. This offense has to go through the passing game. The running game is a compliment. If you try to run this offense through the running game and, um, you know, mix it, I, I don't see it. I just don't. Dan, when we come back, we're going to look at the other side of the coin, some more surprising, pleasant, pleasantly surprising situations in fantasy land. But first, let's get to a word from our sponsors. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature players championship has a $6 million prize pool, and their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues, all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember, use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. And we're back. And for those who don't know right now, myffpc.com, you've got a weekly challenge, two of them, $35 buy-in, $200 buy-in. So very good reason to make sure you're signed up to the site. And like Matt says in the ad, these guys are going to start dropping best balls as soon as January, Dan, if we bug them enough. Uh, for sure, by for sure by February we'll be drafting. No, those it'll best be balls. January. It will be January, JD. For sure, will be. For Absolutely sure, will be. We can't. Be we can't let them sleep, man. We can't let them sleep. We got. Uh, we got some drafts to get to. But first, Dan, the other side of the coin. We talked about the Bengals, Houston, CJ Stroud. 
I mean, he was one of my favorite rookies coming in. Obviously, when the when my Colts uh, ended up with AR, you know, the love for for Richardson's athletics athleticism kind of overtakes there as a Colts fan. But CJ Stroud looking like a professional quarterback. I mean, four weeks in, he's got some some nice little weapons at, at receiver uh, out there in Houston. A good defense looks like a good good coach team. Talk about the situation in Houston, and are there any other kind of sleeper? situations or offenses right now i know tampa bay is another surprising one with baker uh leading them to some w's in tampa yeah so houston i mean stroud looks absolutely legit there's no other way to say it um you know when you when you see a rookie quarterback come out of the box like that looking just absolutely fantastic the way he's looked uh you know the game is not too big for him this is something you want to buy into right now especially in dynasty if in Dynasty, whatever Stroud's price is, it's only going higher. So if you need a quarterback, right now is the time to get Stroud. Right now is not the time to worry about, you know, trying to, you know, nickel and dime your, your trade partner on it. You know, just just get it done. Get it done because you're going to be happy. Stroud is going to be a, a great quarterback for years to come. I'm already seeing it. You know, when, when we see a quarterback who's great right out of the box, that almost always continues. When we see a quarterback that takes a while to develop, that's something that can be a little bit more hit or miss. But I'm, I'm all in on Stroud right now. Yeah, John McLean at McLean underscore on underscore NFL points out, per the Texans, C.J. Stroud joins Rodgers 2020, Mahomes 2018 to 2019, Breeze 2018, Brady 2015 to, to 2017, and Peyton 2013 as the only QB in history to throw at least 1,200 yards without an INT in their first four games. I mean, the guy's been his, awesome. His, his offensive line sucks right now. Half of them are out. It's it's terrible. He has taken some sacks, and, you know, that that is a, a problem. That is a little bit more of a quarterback stat than an offensive line stat. But when the offensive line is that beat up and, you know, that injured, um, I am a little bit more willing to throw that on the offensive line, especially when we see pretty much every other peripheral for the quarterback working that well. Yeah, and he's fifth, uh, or sorry, fourth behind Tua, Stafford, and uh, Cousins in passing yard leaders right now. And Nico Collins is fifth among all receivers in yards. And that's, you know, as our buddy Alex Caruso points out, completely unlocked by C.J. Stroud. So you see some weapons around him that are benefiting. And if you've got some Houston pieces on your on your team right now the nice thing is the cost of these guys going into the season dan was just money yeah absolutely and and honestly you know for dynasty i think uh tank dell is probably my favorite player right now over nico Collins because nico i think is a little bit replaceable in this offense i'm not sure that tank dell is i was hoping that tank dell role was going to go to john mechie you know all through the offseason i was mechie 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 dell has taken that role and i'm not sure that Mechie's getting it back. Yeah, 1912 pointing out the Panthers uh, must just be regretting right now. With with a QB, they can't, Dan, when I heard they can't even use him on the goal line because of his size, I mean, talk about capping your ceiling uh, right off the bat. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying Bryce Young can't be a, a solid NFL quarterback, but right now, uh, C.J. Stroud, to me, looks like somewhere in the Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert range, you know, it, and maybe Kirk Cousins at the worst. So if you're looking for something like that in Dynasty, now is the time to get him. Dan, if we 
take one last look on a macro level. We talked about Cincinnati. Are there other teams right now that maybe have been slow off the bat, whether it's in wins or as an offense, where you might see opportunity or value? I mean, I'm looking at points per game right now. You've got the bottom, you know, the bottom teams are like the Giants, Bengals, Patriots, Jets, Vegas, the Saints, Pittsburgh, uh, Atlanta, like some of these offenses. I know Pittsburgh was a team, uh, you know, a lot of people were on in, in fantasy land in the offseason, the Bengals, of course. Any sneaky offenses that you're trying to get on other than Houston right now in uh, fantasy-wise? Yeah, so for, first a couple of thoughts on uh, offenses have done much better than what we thought. Uh, the Rams and the yeah. Cardinals. Yeah. I look for that to continue. So um, hang with those offensive. If you've got pieces of them, just hang with it. Stick, you know, it, it's probably going to work out pretty well. Uh, as far as offenses that aren't working out well, uh, the Bengals, I think if Burrow can ever get right, they're going to go, you know, they're going to jump right back on the ship. I'm a lot worried about uh, Pittsburgh, for example. Uh, I, I'm just not seeing it there. Uh, you know, we, we all wanted for Pickens and uh, Deontay Johnson to do well. Um, Pat Farmouth as well, and this is just an injured and ineffective mess right now going on in Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, if you can sell any Pittsburgh piece right now, um, if you're if you're looking for a win this year, you know, if you're, if you're looking down the road, probably Pittsburgh is a good team to buy into. But if you're looking for this year, this is a, a good team to get out of. Yeah, Nick Nick mentions Detroit, obviously another team, you know, that people were high on coming into the season. But now you've got Laporta, who we were really high on, Dan, uh, coming into the season. And he's just he's playing like a like a four year vet uh, in that offense. You've got Jamison Williams being added to the equation now with it with a shorter um, suspension. We'll touch on that a bit later. But Detroit is another one uh, that them. Um, Nick mentions that's uh, a good call as well, especially <laughs> Puka season. Uh, definitely a, a lot of people wishing they had more Puka than, uh, after the first four weeks. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, th I think Puka is legit. Uh, you know, if, if you bought into him already, congratulations. If you're looking to buy in now, yeah, it's, it's tough because I don't know. He might be at peak value right now, but I don't think his value is going a lot down from where it is. At this point so you know it's it's not the worst thing in the world to buy in uh but it's also probably not the best time you might be able to find a a buy-in a little bit later in the season then dallas goddard uh let's get into to some specific players now dallas goddard is definitely underperforming after four weeks he's currently the tight end 28 when we're looking at fantasy points per game as per player profiler 15 targets 11 receptions 63 yards and zero touchdowns dan that is not his week three stat line that's his season year to date which for a guy who's going top five rounds uh coming into the season one of the top seven tight ends taken off the board in tight end premium right now only getting 15.7 percent target share dan does this change i mean he's not even getting targeted in the red zone w what do you think happens with uh, goddard moving forward do you just sit on it for now it's tough right now. And, you know, hat tip to Mark Garcia, Hilo FF, uh, who warned us about this uh, when we did our uh, It's a Trap series uh, for this year. He, he absolutely pointed that out. He said Goddard is, you know, a, a screaming sell. Don't buy into him. 
and we're seeing it play out exactly like uh, what Mark was talking about. And I don't really see getting a lot better. I mean, this offense is flowing through the wide receivers. It's flowing through the running backs. It's flowing through the quarterback. It is not flowing through the tight end. Something needs to change there, um, you know, and Goddard is not one of those lead-defining players where you say, you know what, he's going to get right. He's definitely going to get right. He can get better. I don't know that he's going to get like he was in the past couple of years. Our buddy Ian Hartitz, uh, Dan, has a cool tweet where he's got the consensus top seven fantasy football tight ends in preseason ADP. I mean, this is based on half PPR, but just to see Kelsey right now, the tight end six, Andrews, the tight end one, TJ Hawk, the tight end three, those are the top three. But then that next tier, Dan Waller, tight end 16 right now, Kittle, tight end 20, Pitts, tight end 30, and Goddard, half PPR, tight end 37. So again, the tight ends, Dan, just every year, it's <laughs> just disappointing. You know, unless you smash that one or two, you know, right now it'd be what, Laporta and Andrews, where you're, you're pretty happy, TJ Hawk, probably. Right, yeah. And, you know, you know, the thing is, you could have grabbed Hunter Henry in like the, you know, 87th round. I don't know what it was, you know, but it was it was late. You could take Hunter Henry right late and he's doing as well as almost any tight end that you got before the third round. Um, and some of the ones that you got in the third round. So, you know, the th- you don't want to spend a lot on tight end. If you don't get one early and you're not super confident in that early tight end, just take it lately. Don't mess around in the middle rounds. Todd Komet uh, is mentioned uh, from Todd. He's, he's coming along. I know last year him and Fields really started, you know, building something, especially when Fields started, obviously, uh, having those nice that nice streak at the end of the season. Is this something you think continues uh, through the season uh, with regards to Kement, or do you just think like inconsistent tight end on a wonky offense, you know, you're kind of rolling the dice every week? Yeah, I think this is an interesting one because you want to see, um, you want to see consolidation of targets like what we saw last week for Chicago. What we saw early in the season was thing, you know, they didn't seem to really have a cohesive plan. You know, targets are kind of going everywhere. Carries are going everywhere. You're not really sure what's going on. You're not really sure who you can trust. Um, I'm not ready to trust Komet yet, but I think if this keeps going, we're going to be able to get to that point pretty quickly. So that's what I'm hoping for is that Komet becomes one of those uh, pieces in a very consolidated target tree. Harry Snowman pointing out he played Komet last week. I will say... Harry Snowman was giving me some backdoor info on on Komet having a smash week. The problem is, Harry Snowman, you sat Andrews. And as the thumbnail says, you got to start your studs, buddy. And, you know, that's that's my motto. I've learned that the hard way, Dan. Uh, I know sometimes you'll come to me with like, you know, should we start this guy or this guy? And I'm just like, I know it's easy and it's this, the you know, the kind of brainless approach. But sometimes you just got to start your studs, Dan. Absolutely. That's that's one of the things that I, I think is a big struggle for everybody is figuring out those starting lineups, you know, because you can sit there and you can say, start your studs. And, it, you know, as long as it works out, then you feel really great about it. And there yeah. are other times where you say, ah, I should have I, sh- I should have started Marvin Mims over uh, Jahan Dotson. Right. And most of the season that would have worked out, but it's tough to, you know, like lean into that because the first time you lean into that like last week and you start Mims over Jahan Dotson it ends up burning you 
So, you know, the thing is, if you're going to start a player who's not a stud, you need to be in a position where you're you're feeling like you've got to have variance go in your favor and you've got to be looking for that, you know, super upside. Whereas your stud, you might feel like it's going to get you, you know, a, a, a solid score, but not a great store score. If you've got a player that you think can get you that huge score or a terrible score, you might want to go for that other player if you feel like you're a big underdog in the contest. My thing here, Dan, is if you have a top two, top three at a position, yeah, it's really hard for me to sit them. I get you go for your gut. I get you play. You know, you and I. You know, last week I. Anyways, we don't want to get into that, Dan. I don't. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, you don't want to be done with this. I mean, you don't yeah. want to find somebody to start over Keenan Allen. You don't want to find somebody exactly. to start over Tyreek Hill. That's that's stupid, right? But you know, if you're talking about like a, a guy like Jahan Dotson or Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, you might have a player who fits the mold of you know, hey, this guy could get really high upside. And I think he's got more upside than the guy that I think has better downside. And you know, again, if you need that that uh, that that level of upside risk because you feel like you're enough of an underdog, you need to take that. Because the thing is, you know, in fantasy football, you don't want to be playing for your you know like the friendliest loss. You don't want to sit there and say, well, I played Jerry Judy, who was my stud, but I didn't play Devin Aichi, right? Yeah. So that yeah. that that's the way you want to play it. And, and I'm teasing Harry Snowman. In all seriousness, he, he, he's, I mean, Dan, one of the, I told you, he's, we're, we're going to get him on the show in a couple weeks. He's going to join us uh, on the Thursday tailgate. The, the dude's got some good info, man. Like, he's, he's been in my ear the last few weeks. We share a couple Fantasy Pros uh, championship teams on the FFPC. And actually, one of our teams is, out of all my Fantasy Pros teams, uh, top-ranked, uh, Dan, is, is the one I share with Harry Snowman. So as much as I, I'm teasing him, uh, and that thumbnail might have been, uh, you know, a little, little, little nudge towards him sitting Mark Andrews last week. Uh, it's all good, man. We, I appreciate your goatness, and we're going to bring it to the peeps in a couple weeks. So, again, guys, smash the like. Make sure you subscribe to the Goat District YouTube channel as well so you don't miss any of the goodness. Then let's talk about Mark Andrews. He just put up two touchdowns, 80 yards, 25 fantasy points against one of the best defenses versus the position and that's where the thumbnail comes from i mean yes you play your studs but a is this man defense proof game proof and b is he the tight end one dan i know coming into the season i think a lot of us had andrews as you know one a one b with kelsey um what were you one of those people i, I think you were but I, I don't remember exactly were you one of those people and and where are you at now which who's your tight end one is it still kelsey it's probably still Kelsey, but I don't feel great about saying it. So, yeah. I mean, Andrews is a, you know, he's a super solid tight end. I mean, basically, if you're not starting anybody named Kelsey over the top of him, then what are you doing? Um, you know, just just start Andrews and don't worry about it. Don't worry about Hunter Henry. Don't worry about, uh, you know, Tyler Higby. Don't worry about, you know, any of those guys. Just start Mark Andrews. He's enough of a stud. Even if he has an off week, he's still going to have enough great weeks. You do not want to have him on your bench when he has a great week. So just start it. Seeing some questions in the chat, guys. We will get to all your questions uh, before the end of the show, so make sure you stay tuned in. JT, 
Dan, I didn't. I haven't told you this. I haven't told anyone this. I've recently made a trade in one of my FFPC dinos, and I actually sent a share of my favorite dude, one of my favorite dudes, Jonathan Taylor. I sent T Higgins, and I got back DK Metcalf at twenty twenty four first and a twenty four early second. You can give your thoughts on the trade. Probably not a popular trade. Uh, I do like it for that team, but what are your thoughts with JT now? From what we understand, quote unquote, remains unsettled, according to Dan Graziano of ESPN. Then you've got Coach Stryken, who's excited to get him back this week. Um, the Colts gave JT the opportunity to shop around. Dan, coming into the season in September, nobody bit. He's coming back now, supposed to be healthy. How do you see this play out? Is there an opportunity to buy before his value blows up? Do you think... Uh, this is going to be an iffy situation the whole season, or do you think he just gets traded uh, before um, in the next few days? Or what, what are your thoughts, Dan, on the JT situation? Number one, if Stryken is not excited about JT, there's something wrong with him. <laughs> let's let's start there. Uh, you know, what else is he going to say? He's the coach. He's not the GM. He's not the owner. You know, it, when you're a coach and you've got a great player, you're excited to have them back or potentially have them back. You want them back. You want them to feel good about coming back. You're going to say anything and everything you can to get that player back on your team and feeling good and wanting to play hard. Um, you know, so the, the, the striking comments don't surprise me at all. I do think the situation remains unsettled. However, this is what I know. Jonathan Taylor, there's absolutely no way in this world that he does not want to get enough games in so his contract doesn't roll over on him. He does, he, there's, that's the worst possible case for him is his contract rolling over. So he's going to do whatever he has to do. If he has to swallow his pride and play for the Colts, he'll do that. If he can work a trade, he'll try to do that, I'm sure. But he's going to play at least six games, and he'll probably end up playing a couple more because the thing is you don't know if you're going to be hurt. You don't know what's going to happen down the road. So you're going to want to have a couple, three more games in there. You know, because what if, uh, you know, what if he plays six games and there's still three games left in the season and the Colts say, you know what, we want his contract to toll, so we're just not going to play him. Uh, you know, we're going to put him back on the pup or something like that. I'm not sure how exactly all the, you know, the legal ramifications of that workout, but I think you want you know, if, if I'm Jonathan Taylor, I want to make sure I get my six games in, no matter what it takes. Even if I have to play 8, 10, 12 games, whatever it is, I'm going to do that. I want to get those games in. I want my contract to roll and get into that next that next level where they're going to have to at least give me, um, you know, the, sorry, I'm forgetting the, the word. The, uh, they're they're going to they're, they're, they're want to be able to franchise it. Um, yeah, and Dan, how sexy JT with AR on the field together. Um, I mean, striking yes. is doing a pretty nice job. The, the, this team is in every game. They're competitive. They don't look like they're tanking for anything. So, I mean, adding JT could only help. I mean, the division's definitely more competitive than I think a lot of people thought with Houston. Um, you know, Jackson lagging a bit behind. They showed a bit better in, in London this weekend, but um, they've got another big game uh, coming up against Buffalo. But the division's... Uh, looking looking nice. Uh, the chat, you guys are, are lit in the chat. By the way, we're trying to keep up with Absolutely. all the comments and, and get as many as we can on the screen. Love the comments, and and like I said, drop the questions. We'll be hitting on those. Then this past Sunday night, 
I know you're a big Swifty. I know you're you're like in your car, your Corvette. When you're taking a cruise to a Twins game, you're definitely rocking some Taylor Taylor Swift. Um, and that's you know that's okay. That's that's your thing. That's what you groove to. So Sunday night we had the Swifties in the house in New York. Funny enough, though, Zach Wilson looking pretty good. Surprisingly, uh, is this like a one-off? Do you see a, a progression improvement with the young kid? And are you kind of still cautious? Are you a little bullish with the Jets? Like, is this good news for Garrett Wilson and the Brees Halls out there? What are your thoughts after seeing this performance against uh, the Chiefs this past Sunday night? Yeah, this is this is what I would call like a big fork in the road, right? Because the thing is, this could be the worst possible thing that could have happened for the Jets is that Wilson looks good and he convinces them to give him some more leash. And then he ends up just, you know, this is one off and he ends up sucking. And that's the worst thing that could happen for the Jets. But on the other hand, Zach Wilson strikes me as a kind of a guy who momentum matters a lot with him. And if he gets a little bit of momentum, he could keep that momentum going. So, you know, I don't know what to expect out of the Jets right now. It's it's a really tough thing to figure out. Um, I but they're definitely at a big fork in the road, and you know, think things are going to get really bad from here, or much much better from here. I'm I'm convinced of that. I don't think it's going to be more of the same. And I love how Mahomes went up to him after the game and said, hey "Amen, play like that all year." You know, right? You know, Mahomes wants to see quarterbacks like him play well. He, you know, it, Mahomes isn't sitting there rooting against these guys. He wants to see, you know, good quarterback play all throughout the league. You know, it just makes for a better product, makes for a better league. It, it's it's better all around. So, you know, I, I love the fact that Mahomes went up to him. That's great. Give him the encouragement. I hope Zach Wilson makes it. I hope he turns a big corner here. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily see it myself, but I, you know, I, I would like to have that happen. Dan, same city, the New York Giants, dead last points per game, eleven point five. That's not in, in <laughs> that's points per game, Dan. Do we want any part of it? Is there any hope? What 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 do we get out of the Jets this year? Uh, the Jets, the Giants. Sorry, Giants. They they've had what one good half the entire year, and that was the second half against Arizona. Yeah, and Giants. everything else has been just crap. I mean, just unmitigated crap. I was sort of semi-buying into Daniel Jones this offseason. Um, you know, I got some shares. I was thinking, you know, Daniel Jones is just kind of, you know, like discount uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, he's very, very discount Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nick Tabbs points out the, the O-line, I mean. Yeah, that, and, and, and that's the thing. Using... I mean, they, they've got to get their O-line together. Yeah. They've got to get that figured out. They've got to have a running game going and then meet. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's ugly. And uh, you know, we got another, like, not so great matchup coming up this Thursday. It'd be nice if the if the NFL was a more uh, change on the fly, Dan. Like, you know, with the amount of money they bring in, you think they could change the, the uh, I saw they flexed uh, the Lions game or something at like a 4.30 p.m. Uh, coming mm-hmm. up. But I mean, you know, when some of these matchups on prime time would be nice if they could maybe switch out a game from the weekend or something like that. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if I can rant here for a second, please, NFL, 
let's let's go to like seven and five or you know six and six and five or whatever it is for the day night split between the early games and the late games this eight three nine three stuff it's it's terrible i mean why do you only have three games in the wait time slot agreed let's let's make it four or five please agreed please agreed and if you're gonna have monday night games more than one don't have them at the same time like what what is what is that that's it's just like what what executive is in on that decision i'd like to meet that guy or women you know yes. whoever, whoever it, it is that 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 is tough stuff you know because it used to be when they had a doubleheader on monday night they would they would kind of you know they're overlapping by what half an hour or something like that but it wasn't long and now it's like you know okay they're an hour into the first game now you're starting on the second game not a fan uh speaking of giants then just just since we're on the topic waller uh just disappeared man he had that one good game against obviously arizona but uh, seven targets, three catches. Five targets, three catches, and in, in week one, not getting much out of Waller. Does that still the same? You think then the the O line, all that, that nothing changes there. It's really tough for Waller right now, and and you know I'll confess when I got to redraft season, I was hammering Waller. I had zero Hawkinson, hundred percent Waller in redraft. In best ball, it was much more. 50-50 in Dynasty, much more aimed towards Hawkinson than Waller. And that's kind of why I hit Waller hard in redraft is because I was much heavier on Hawkinson in the in, you know in the other formats. And oh my God, do I regret that. It's yeah. so, so bad. And it, just, it doesn't look like it's getting any better because it, you know what happens when the offensive line is bad? Who's the first person who's going to be asked to stay in and block? Tight yep, end. yep. It's it, it, it's just not good, um, you know. Daniel Jones, you know, it, it it's hard to even say what Daniel Jones looks like right now because the offensive line is so bad yeah. that we can't even say for sure. I mean, he looked so good last year. He looked so bad this year. The offensive line is definitely a big big issue. So I'm not as down on Daniel Jones as what his you know like point totals show, but I'm also not feeling real great about him because I'm not sure how much better the offensive line can get this year. Yeah. I mean, you look at Dan Jones on the sideline, I feel like he's always got that same look on his face. Like he's, he, you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's missed the exit and he just doesn't know where to go. Like he's just confused or I don't know, smelt a fart, like something. He just looks like he's just, just not in the right mind state. And I mean, you, you can understand that this year, but it'd be nice if, if, you know, you can get a bit of a turnaround. I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Uh, with the way this team is playing. Dan- Daniel Jones looks like he's spending all his time thinking about the Roman Empire and not thinking about people. <laughs> uh, Dan, I missed the sound effects. Jameson Williams is uh, a guy that, you know, he's he's in many owners' back pocket right now. Dan, the suspension gets shortened. You know, the NFL, the hypocrite NFL, realizing the hypocr- hypocrisy of, of some of their uh, – you know, not that I think these these kids are not idiots for even thinking of making a bet. You know, when when that's even in question. But um, what are your thoughts? He's he's come back this week, Dan. From what I understand, or he's 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 able to. Um, we're seeing Detroit looking really good in all aspects of the game. I mean, you know, Jameer Gibbs might uh, owners might hope for more uh, just based on how much they paid for him and, and what they see A Chain doing. But uh, what are your thoughts on the young receiver? Is there hope for him this year? Uh, yeah, I definitely think there's hope for him. I think he's a 
very talented receiver. Um, I think he's had almost everything go against him so far. Uh, some of this is his fault, and some of it isn't. But, you know, it's it's been a tough uphill road for him so far. I am not starting him proactively anywhere. I'm going to wait. I want to see what happens. Because the thing is, you know, Daniel Jones, or, or sorry, uh, Jameson Williams, he could end up being the guy who is more taking the top off the defense and helping all the other players in Detroit be better and not necessarily reaping the benefit of that himself. In other words, he could be a better NFL player than he is a fantasy player. On the other hand, I could definitely see him turning into, you know, a guy that uh, Jared Goff could just be chucking the ball up to and he can absolutely go get it. So, you know, I, I, I think the, the range of outcomes with Jameson Williams is super wide. But the thing is, this probably helps out more than anything. It probably helps out Amon Ron St. Brown. It probably helps out uh, Jameer Gibbs. And it might even help out, uh, you know, uh, David Montgomery a little bit. Nick Tabs, I totally agree, man. It's uh, Ridley all over again, you know? Yeah, and the thing is, I have enough JMO that, uh, yeah, this, what Nick says scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Because he darn well might be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jaleel McLaughlin, Dan, was a running back that Theo first brought to my attention. I don't know, you know, if somebody else may have brought him to your attention, but he was the first guy who mentioned this. And this was kind of us approaching the live Vegas drafts, the FFPC drafts. So I know you and I have him on some teams. I've got him in Dynasty. I was able to pick him up off waivers in a lot of leagues uh, earlier in the season before he popped. And he just put up 104, Dan, 104 total yards on seven carries, three receptions. Um, So no longer a secret, unfortunately. But what do you expect from the young running back moving forward? You've got J-Dubs out with injury. I you might know how I don't know how long he's out for, but it seemed like he's not coming back anytime soon. Um, and I don't think P Ryan was necessarily like stealing the spotlight or anything. So is do you think there's hope for for Jaleel moving forward, or do you think he kind of moves back in the third in the three spot uh, once J Dubs is healthy? Yeah, so this is a a tough deal, and I'm I'm almost embarrassed to admit how many times <laughs> Jaleel has been on and off my rosters over the first four weeks here, and. Um, Sad to say, he's probably off more of my rosters than he is on. So, you know, seeing this, you know, like this breakout performance, it's a little bit tough right now because I know the rosters where I I dropped him, it's going to cost me a lot to get him back. Uh, The rosters where I have him, I'm I'm definitely happy about that. But the thing is, I think, uh, you know, with uh, Javante Williams, or, you know, it's going to take him. I don't know how long, you know, maybe he's back next week. Maybe he's back in three weeks. It's hard to say right now. It's also but, fresh off of a big, pretty big injury. Yeah, he's he is, but this is not necessarily related to that. So, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I don't see this as necessarily, you know, if Javante is able to come back, I think this is going to be good for Javante. You know, he's just going to come back. He's going to take that over. You know, the person I'd be most worried about is Samaj P. Ryan. He has not looked good. But the thing is, is what Jaleel does best is not what Samaj does best. So Jaleel is a better runner, not so much of a good pass blocker, not so much of a good receiver. I think he could probably get there, but he's not there right now. So, you know, the thing is, if Javante Williams 
is out, then Jaleel makes a lot of sense going in in place of Javante Williams. But if Javante Williams is in, you know, how quickly can Jaleel, you know, take over the Pirine role? That, I think, is a little bit tougher of a question. Um, and, you know, I think it's worth grabbing him and holding him. Because the thing is, is Pirine just looks like he has no juice whatsoever, right? We can all <laughs> acknowledge this. He just doesn't look like, you know, a, a runner that you want to roster. He looks like a roster clogger. Jaleel looks like a guy who's just waiting for that opportunity. So between the two, you know, roster Jaleel, go ahead and throw Pirine back if you need to, or hang on to him if you need a roster clogger. But it's 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 a tough situation. I can't say for sure that Jaleel is going to break out, but also I love the situation. I love that, you know, like he's got a lot of things, arrows pointing up for him. So, you know, let's, let's go Jaleel. Let's make this happen. Uh, on the clock, Dan, Dynasty, Jaleel McLaughlin right now or Matt Breda? <laughs> it's, it, it's Jaleel, 100%. All right. Breda is a great fill-in for Saquon Barkley. But the thing is, the moment Saquon is back, you know that Breda is getting kicked to the curb. When Javante Williams comes back, can they still kick Jaleel to the curb all the way? I'm not sure they can. So he's not a sell for you right now? Jaleel? Yeah. No. Okay. Definitely. I like not. it. Yeah, I'm holding up. I, I didn't drop him anywhere, Dan. Like even in the redrafts, I those those wonky offenses, especially a running back, you gotta think eventually the kid's gonna get a chance and he definitely showed that he can Right. Yeah. When you, when, you, when you when you see somebody who who just, you know, absolutely stands out like that in an NFL game, that's what you want to roster. I mean, you know, Jalil McLaughlin, Marvin Mims, you know, same guy, different positions. You're begging, you're begging Sean Payton to play these guys. Play them more. Play them more. Stop messing around with these guys who have shown that they're just average or worse. Play these guys more. They're the future. This is what the, you know, the Broncos are going nowhere this year, right? Can we admit that? They're going nowhere this year. Play these guys. Find out what you've got. Don't mess around with Samadji Pirines. Don't mess around with Jerry Judy's. Don't mess around with for God's sake, uh, you know, Brandon Johnson or whatever the hell his name is. Don't yeah. mess around with, uh, you know, Will Jordan Humphrey. Come on. Let's let's find out what you got and move on. Agreed. Another guy, Dan, um, rookie-wise, that we were pretty big on, especially late in best balls, uh, late in rookie drafts, was Michael Wilson in Arizona. He goes off for 76, Dan, off seven and two TDs. I mean, look, he's a rookie. He's a receiver. He's not in the best offense, obviously, but you got a surprising quarterback that comes in and can actually sling the ball for a kid like Wilson. The opportunity is there. You've got Hollywood there. Um, is he the guy that's going to give you maybe two more spike weeks this year, or do you think that maybe we have a bit more than that for 2023 in the young rookie? Yeah, I think we got more than that. I mean, you remember a guy named David Boston back in the day? I do. Garbage time and the Cardinals mm -hmm. go together great. like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, yeah, Michael Wilson, it's great. Uh, you know, and the, here's another guy who's bounced on and off <laughs> numerous redraft rosters. You know, if I had him on a dynasty roster, he was sticking there. Jaleel, if I had him on a dynasty roster, he was sticking there. But on these redraft rosters, where you're you're, you're just kind of looking for the next big thing, 
uh, it was a little bit easier to see how these guys could bounce on and off. But uh, definitely somebody that I like looking forward. Uh, you know, they've shown they can play in the NFL. This is this is what you want to roster. You want to roster young talent like that, put them on the back end of your roster, and just wait for them to pop. Yeah, you've got uh, Harry Snowman thinking Wilson reminds me a lot of smaller A.J. Brown, Dan, one of our favorites. Uh, I remember saying this offseason, A.J.B. can be the wide receiver one this year, Dan, and he definitely looked like it this weekend. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Brown is, uh, wow, what a fantastic player. I mean, you, you know, I've I've had, uh, you know, my A.J.B. 101 takes, 101. My Justin Jefferson 101 takes. Uh, Justin Jefferson came through. A.J. Brown hasn't been there yet, but uh, I still think he can get there. So, love it. Dan, bye weeks are here. So, waiver wire becomes more crucial. I mean, you should have been on this probably, you know, a week or two ago, starting to at least plan for the buys, but... What are some sneaky plays coming up, Dan? I'm, I'm starting to look at waivers. Obviously, they run in the FFPC tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Uh, defenses, kickers, those are usually where you're having to go to the waiver wire to fill. Um, Dan, you're, you're the waiver wire king, man. Come on. Give, give us a little, little, little something. A little something, something that you're willing to, to give the, uh, the audience. The chat's been awesome tonight. Give them something to go look for in their waiver wire. Yeah, I mean, I think the main things you want to be looking for are, you know, we already talked about them, uh, Jaleel, and we want to be looking for Michael Wilson. Uh, you know, those should be your top two waiver ads. Um, if you can pull in, you know, like uh, if you're in a deep league, maybe uh, Wendell Robinson, who's looked pretty good for the Giants. He's like one of the few things that's actually sort of working for them. Um, you know, you, you, you can do some players like that. But otherwise, you know what? Just if you can't want get one of those top line guys, just hang on to your money this week because this other than uh, Jaleel and Michael Wilson, it doesn't look like a great week to me. Dan, this is totally not on the show sheet, but since you are the tight end guy, Jonu Smith, Dan, week three, sorry, let's go back to week two, gives you over 10 fantasy points, FFPC 1.5 to tight end preems. Six targets, four catches, 47. Then he gets eight targets at Detroit. And then another six targets in Jacksonville. Six reception, just under 100 yards. Should we be paying attention? Is he someone that if someone's stuck at tight end, we should be grabbing? And what are your thoughts on Pitts right now? Value? Just sit on it? What are your thoughts, tight ends in Atlanta right now? Are, are we talking about the tight end one in an offense with a narrow target tree? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is, Dan. Yeah, I mean, gotta love Pitts. I, I, I've, I've said over and over and over again, the talent is absolutely unmistakable, and the usage of that talent is absolutely execrable. I mean, he, Arthur Smith is just taking a big, giant dump on Pitts, on fantasy players, everybody. He's got talent there he has no idea how to utilize it i'm very sorry but arthur smith got to go got to go terrible coach does not know how to utilize the talent that he has most most coaches most good coaches fit their there's you know their scheme to the talent and arthur smith is sitting there trying to fit the talent to his scheme and it's terrible and i'm well oh, so okay i'm done 
Let's get to some of these questions. Dan, Nick Tab's asking thoughts on Jake Ferguson. Uh, I know he's dating a, a, a Twitter or X uh, star. I don't know, Dan, you're, you're more on top of these pop things than I am, these dating things than I am. Um, but he he's tight end 13 right now, points per game. I know Dallas, um, you know, big game against Buffalo this year. But what are your thoughts? He's been getting targeted. That's for sure. Like you look at his uh, game one, seven targets, uh, four targets, seven targets, seven targets. So, I mean, he's, he's basically in the five to six range if you average it out. What are your thoughts on the tight end in Dallas, uh, Dan, rest of the season? Yeah, so basically the one flaw that he's had is no touchdowns, but he's been targeted a lot around the goal line. So, you know, that's something I'm buying. Uh, you know, if you can pick up Jake Ferguson cheap, either off of waivers or you can pick him up, you know, in a trade or something like that, I think that's a way to go. Um, you know, good friend of the show, Scott Pianowski, was on last week. Uh, you know, he said Jake Ferguson, he thinks, is going to end up with seven to eight touchdowns at the end of the year. And I don't know how to say that's wrong. Uh, you know, it might not happen, but I think that all the pieces are in place for it to happen. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in on Jake Ferguson. Let's keep buying him. Uh, you know, let's keep starting him. I, I think sooner or later it's going to pop. I mean, I'd feel better about starting Ferguson right now than I would about uh, Dallas Goddard. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at on. All right, we're coming. I'm trying to find the... Uh... We had some questions in the chat. I tried to get to some of them um, at the end here, but I lost a couple of them. So if you've got a question that we haven't answered, guys, just throw it back into the chat. We appreciate you guys being patient with us. Um, uh, I'm trying to see if I could catch it. Oh, here we go. Yeah, scroll. Here we go. We've got, uh, let's put this one on here. One to three, 14 team, half PPR, Dan. I don't know what that means, but Gino. Okay, how about this? Let's go to the question. Should I use waiver number four on Michael Wilson or Jonathan Taylor? I think, like, if that's Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, for me, that's a no-brainer. You should definitely use your waiver on him, um, in my opinion. And then Michael Wilson, I mean, if you need receiver, then sure. I don't know what else is available. But, Dan, any any thoughts? Did I miss something? Uh, I know he gave us his roster, but I don't even know if it's if it's relevant when those two are on the board, No. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Jonathan Taylor is definitely in the pick there. But, uh, I mean, let's look at his roster. He's got wide receivers Chase, Smith, Moore, Dotson, Moore, Rice. Running backs Hill, Najee, Kyron Williams, Roshan, A-Chain. GT for me. I mean, when you look, when you look at it that way, it's, it's a tougher decision. I don't agree because I think he's got actually – well, he's got Chase and Smith for sure starting every week. Um, yeah, you might be right. His wide receiver three maybe, you know, not the the strongest or four. But um, other than a chain, Kyron Kyron Williams, obviously. Yeah, I mean, is this a, is is this a different Jay Taylor? That's a question I keep. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I'm I'm am I missing something? But anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what I'm missing too. Um, yeah. Well, this was otherwise it's. It's got to be Taylor, but Michael Wilson, uh, if it's anybody other than Jonathan Taylor, is probably going to be the right answer. Harry Snowman has a question. Um, 10-man PPR, should I trade? Or this is from at Alicia Krusish, maybe. Yeah. Um, should I trade, what is that, Jet? Jet uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, Jefferson for Walker and A.J. Brown. 
And he says the running oh. back core sucks. Oh, I might do. Th- I would do that. I would definitely do that. I would uh, so do because that. because AJ Brown is really you know just a, a shade below Jefferson at best. Um, and, and picking up Walker in the <laughs> running back core sucks. Smash. Yeah, that's a, that's a smash. You're you're not giving up much at all at wide receiver, and you're getting a huge bump probably at running back. Uh, thoughts on Judy next four games? Who's Denver playing? Let me pull that up uh, right now. If you if you if you've got it in the chat, person asking the questions. I mean, they're playing Chicago. No, they just played Chicago. Here we go. So I'm in their thing right here. So they've got the Jets coming up at home. Then they go to Kansas City. Then they're at home to the Packers. And then they are back playing Kansas City. So pretty, like, pretty tough four games, Dan. Yeah, that, that, that is a pretty tough four games for sure. And the other thing you've got to worry about is Marvin Mims has been, you know, like every time he gets an actual target, he beats the brakes off of both Sutton and Judy. Uh, you know, so you've got to worry about the fact that eventually Sean Payton is going to decide that Marvin Mims is actually worth targeting and it's going to come at the expense of Sutton and Judy. Um, you know, so I'd definitely be worried about Judy. You know, if you're, if you're looking for a, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four, something like that, Judy's probably in the, in, you know, in that wheelhouse, but yeah, I, I, I would look much, much towards Mims going forward more so than Judy. And Snowman pointing out uh, for those Thursday night haters, especially in fantasy land, because, man, when your guy doesn't score big on Thursday night, it is torture going to look at that lineup, Dan, uh, when you've got a low-scoring player sitting there. So that Thursday night game is at KC. Um, There was a question here. Uh, What is this? Lude, I'm looking for upside this week. Pitts is terrible. Am I stupid to play Rasheed Rice over Pickens? Uh, Who are the Jets playing? um, Well, Uh, Pittsburgh is playing. I'm I'm not even sure. I've got it here. We're we're too early in the week, Evan. (laughs) I know. I'm I'm the same. I'm the same. I I have put some, try to get some lines early, but uh, where are we here? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Here we go. Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Baltimore at, at Pittsburgh. Okay. And then, and then KC is playing. And then KC is, uh, did we just say it? Yeah, they're at Minnesota. I don't, I don't hate the Rishi Rice. I mean. Yeah, I don't hate the Rishi Rice either. Because the thing is, with Trubisky at quarterback, uh, I, I, I think that really torpedoes Pickens to a, a large extent. Uh, Rishi Rice, I mean, the problem you have with Kansas City is, they cannot pick a wide receiver. You know, Mahomes is like, he's looking Kelsey, and then mm-hmm. everything else is so fuzzed out that it's really tough to, to pick anybody. But I'll tell you what, if I had to pick one Kansas City wide receiver, it would be Rasheed Rice. Okay, Dan, last one, because I saw it, and I know we're a bit past, so thank you, Player Profiler, for letting us go over a bit. But there was a question that I thought was interesting. It was basically, oh, here it is. Um at Gogo Jin, how do I package Sky Moore off of my team for some upside in Dynasty, Dan? Sky Moore, an interesting player. Is he someone worth hanging on to, or do you think it's time to move him? I feel like I would maybe hold on because he doesn't have much value right now. Yeah, it's it's really tough to move Sky Moore right now. Um, if you're looking to move a player, you want to move somebody other than Sky Moore because the thing is that 
the potential upside with uh, Patrick Mahomes is much greater than what we've seen right now. You know, what we see is Mahomes really spreading the ball out. You've got to hope that eventually that target tree kind of condenses and that it condenses around more as one of those targets. Uh, there's no guarantee of that. You know, you, you could end up in a situation where Sky Moore just really hasn't gained any value all year and, you know, you're, you're just moving sideways on him. But I don't think you're really going to move very far down from where we're at right now. But there is potential for the move up to be a lot more, you know. I To put it in another way, Sky Moore is kind of at almost as low as possible value right now until he totally flames out. And I think you've got another year of insulation before you can say he totally flames out. If you don't believe in him, you want to move him, wait for his next spike game and just sell yeah. him after that. That's that's what I would recommend. Exactly. Obviously, you know, like we said right now, that KC offense is kind of a crapshoot on who's going to get hit every week. But if you want to move Sky Moore or any of these KC receivers, just wait for a spike week and then move. Look, Dan, the chat tonight, probably one of our best nights. You guys have been – it's been really hard to kind of <laughs> – this show and keep up with the chat uh you know get through the show sheet but we love it man you guys have been have been awesome uh love the comments the questions if you have more questions we didn't answer make sure you tune in thursday nights dan and i do the uh tailgate thursday tailgate 7 to 8 p.m eastern sometimes if we're not able to pull that show off just because of timing or whatever i know dan you're away for a bit we might do a friday show or a weekend tailgate so just tune in or Make sure you subscribe to um, or you're following at Goat District on the X machine and you'll get all the info uh, on when the shows are coming out. But make sure you subscribe to the Goat District channel that you definitely won't miss anything. We're on the Player Profiler Network every Tuesday night as we are tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you check us out on your favorite podcast platform and guys smash the subscribe and go smash your five week tomorrow night waivers. Dan, always exciting. I can't wait to talk about that with you. Uh, later this week, but guys, good luck this week, and we'll check you all. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. Trade's not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish, fish, fish.